More locks. More locks in your home. It's April 20, 2022, and this is Rare Encounter, encounter number 94. Tanning my testicles before I feed them to the hippo, I'm Abel Kirby. And parked on the shoulder of the highway to hell, I'm cold acid. <laughs> the highway to hell. That's a clapping song if I ever heard one. It's more of a banger than a bop, though, if you know what I mean. I don't know. I don't clap to it. I just sing along. <laughs> Uh, you can clap. You clap on one and three for it too, if you really want to be bad. <laughs> oh man! You know so who I, I clap for? I clap for the Wolf Man. Clap for the Wolf Man. Bow to your sensei. You don't what, know that song. No, do I you? don't know that song. Clap for the Wolf Man. He ain't read your record high. Well, I you have. Should look for it. Sometimes I have. Uh, Good music. I've, I've clapped for. Uh, uh, a couple different things in my life, but one of them was when you're uh, playing Hungry Hungry Hippos and you smash those things as hard as you can. That was my, uh, my try to get my segue from the beginning in here. I had a, a poll, and I had a question for you right off the top that I want to get to uh, and get your take on it. And have you ever you played... had a poll. Yeah. Did you... Dude. Do you ever play the game Hungry Hungry Hippos? Of course I have. Of course I played Hungry Hungry Hippo. And so there's a particular aspect of this game which was uh, uncertain... Uh, over a couple days ago, and so I actually put a poll out on uh, No Agenda Social for it. What color are the, are the balls in Hungry Hungry Hippo, or the food, if you want to be specific? White. They're white. That's what I thought, too. But I was looking at pictures of Hungry Hungry Hippos online, and uh, there's a lot of different colors now. There's red balls, and there's also what? different colored balls. I have no idea what these balls are for. They're just, they're okay, other colors. It, it sure as fuck was white when I was a kid, because I had Hungry Hungry Hippos. And they were white balls. They were white balls. And they also got rid of the pink the hippo. The balls were white. I also remember there was a pink hippo, and there, you can see evidence of that. Okay, that's old, a travesty. Uh, yeah. So they got rid of the pink hippo, and they replaced it with a yeah, blue Yeah, the hippos one? were always different colors. Well, I don't think there's a pink hippo available now. Because I was put, looking through them. And there's well, the blue, that's sexist. blue, orange, uh, yellow, and green, but there's no pink one. And I remember there, you, uh, very specifically, people would fight over who would play the pink hippo. You know what I mean? So, I put a poll out there. No, and, I don't uh, remember any fight over the pink hippo. I do. I don't, when I played, <laughs> nobody cared which hippo you got. As long as it was But the balls hungry. were white. The balls were white. Oh, man. That's what most people on uh, NAS say. They got 72% response. says white out of... I got 25 people to click on my dumb poll. <laughs> so. And I just opened up a... 4% uh, say red. 4% say red, yeah. 20% uh, said red, but one of them is yellow. So we're looking at just under a quarter of people think Would the that, yellow ball be worth extra points or something? I have no idea what the point of the yellow ball is. If you have an idea of what the yellow ball is for, you can send us a boostagram uh, through your podcasting 2.0 app and tell us what, what uh, you think that yellow ball is for. And while we're waiting for those to come in, I just opened a, uh, a cider. It's a nice. Cider Boys Tropical so Wave. So did I. Hey, yeah. I, I'm indoctrinating you into the uh, Cider Society, huh? Yes, uh, the Cider Society is something. Yeah, and so how's what do you have again? 
Is it I your... have a Pommies cider. A Pommies cider. Okay. Yes. It is original, apparently. Mm. So you're the first one to drink it. Pommies original is a classic English-style semi-sweet cider made from the fresh-pressed juice of five varieties of Ontario apples. Pommies original is a clean, crisp, and refreshing. We never use artificial flavors or concentrates. Hmm. It's not bad. Ah, cool. I've had it before. It's not. It's no. Uh, it's no Queen Street Five Hundred One, but it's still a good, damn good cider. <laughs> yeah, I still want to get my hands on a maybe a case of that someday. Um, I need to try my luck importing here. People seem more resilient to doing interesting things in Ohio, so maybe I can find a better importer here than than what's in Maryland. It's a boring state, I suppose. <laughs> well, there's not a lot to do. <laughs> <laughs> There's uh, there, I'll tell you what, the pool game around here is uh, a step above any other place I've been. Uh, the bad pool players are better than some of the good pool players I used to see. And uh, Oh, yeah, and speaking, also speaking of Ohio, I saw, well, when I brought my, when I brought my rogue into the dealership today, uh, first couple of minutes of The Price is Right with Drew Carey as host, and time has not been nice to that man. Uh-oh. Well, that's not good. What's he look like now? Now I gotta look this up. He look he looks like a thinner version of Gabe Newell, aged 30 years. Oh, Lord. He does look like Gabe Newell now. And what's with these glasses? These are not the right Drew Carey glasses, you know? He always had the square, uh... Uh, they're, they're, they're oval shaped. They're egg shaped. That's no good. You know what my, you know what my theory is? My theory is that, uh, that's not really Drew Carey. They replaced him with a replicant. Uh-oh. Now I'm flipping through these pictures. He looks so different in between one or two of these. If you flip back and forth, some of these, it looks like he has more hair. It's like it's a newer picture, but it looks like he has more hair than the older picture. It's weird. You know, there's something up with Drew Carey, man. Maybe I'll find out. I can go up to Cleveland. Uh, I'll be going up there in a little while. Uh, I'll be up visiting for a No Agenda meetup. Uh, not this month, but I think there's one coming up in May I'll be up for. I, I, I just found some other pictures of him, and you know who else he kind of looks like? Who? Bill Gates. Uh-oh. He's like some unholy cross of Gabe Newell and Bill Gates. Hey, they both were um, Microsoft. You know what? Gabe Newell used yeah, to work I know, there, right? I know. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, Gabe Newell was actually one of the product managers on Windows 3.1. Yes. I know he had some deep history there. Uh, I didn't know exactly what he worked on, but that makes sense. It would have been about the right time. Hmm. But yeah, as I, as I see it, he's been replaced with a, with a double. Yeah, they had to fire him from the Windows 3 team because he couldn't count to it. I think. Oh! <laughs> ah, yeah. <sighs> oh, man. What is Valve even up to these days? Do they do anything but just, like, uh, let the money printer run in the background and go out for cocktails? What What do these guys even do? Yeah, it, it's, a, it's essentially the fans are all, give us Half-Life 3! And Gabe's there and just going, ha ha ha, Steam go burr. Yeah, it's going to change, I hope, with uh, the next decade, and uh, the, if, especially if this lightning stuff kicks off a little bit, uh, then the idea of going through Steam to get your game might go by the wayside. If it's if it turns out that you can actually sell a product without having to go through payment processors and these, uh, these uh, 
gatekeepers. Uh, even though they don't keep the gate that much, you know, it's still a little. I remember the days when they were pretty nasty gatekeepers and it was hard to, for anyone to get on. So, uh, One well, of the nice things about Itch is you can actually set what their cut will be. Yes. When you sell games on there. And they default, I think, to 10% versus like the 30% 30. that Steam takes. Uh, Steam has, well, last I heard they had a undisclosed standard cut and that if you were going to, I am I think if you're an indie developer, they take more and that might be published. But if you're a publisher and you go and sell your game on Steam, uh, there's an NDA involved and they don't disclose exactly what that, uh, what that percent is. And so we kind of, if you look around, you can find out what it is, but it's not publicized uh, on purpose. Um, and obviously different, <laughs> I think it's because yeah. they changed the rate I think depending the standard, on who it is. The standard I'm pretty sure is 30%, but yeah, if you're... If you're like definitely pushing like huge volume because you're one of the big five publishers, then yeah, Steam, you're going to get a better deal on there. So you can have your own cut. In the meantime, I don't know. Are, are we the Lightning Kings or are we Lightning Peasants right now? I think we're the Lightning Kings. We are Lightning Peasants. We're Lightning Peasants. We didn't get any boosts in between episodes. And therefore, we don't actually have an executive producer for tonight. So at the end of the show, whoever has boosted us the most will make them honorary executive producer for the episode. All right. So no boost between episodes. Well, the only way to get your boost read in at the beginning of the show is to get it to us before we really start. Once the gears get in motion here, we don't look back that far. So uh, they'll if you send in boosts during the show, especially about the color of your balls or at least the color you remember your balls are, then we'll read them at the end of the show. The only way to get, get a boost as long at the as end your of the balls show. aren't blue, because that sucks. There are no blue balls in Hungry Hungry Hippos, let me tell you. Those hippos are hungry, and they'll do anything. They're, oh, my. They're kind of like the girls from Nantucket. They'll do anything, as long as it rhymes. Ah, nice. Yeah. I once knew a girl from Nantucket. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Did she have any special proclivity that you want to share with us? No, she was she was kind of cute and really easy. I don't know what else to say. All right. Um, Except man. perhaps I don't know how the rest goes, but your mother's a whore. <laughs> you know they have it's so expensive to go there. I've actually never been on Nantucket, and it's commonly known that here's what they call them in uh, in New England. Sometimes they'll call a hundred dollar bills or Nantucket singles. Uh, is what they call them because wow, of the... Wow, uh, rich area, huh? Yeah. So that's a, uh, a little inside uh, baseball there. So get your Nantucket singles and head to Nantucket. And uh, I guess buy expensive stuff and hang and out with douchebags. Pick up those Nantucket girls who know how to fuck it. Yeah. I saw... <laughs> if you see one in a canoe, uh, stay away from her. That's bad news. <laughs> All right. Uh, <laughs> oh, you, that reminds me of something. You know, that reminds me me something do you know how american beer is like uh sex in a canoe no how they're both fucking near water <laughs> they're both fucking near a, water that's a good one i've heard that one actually fucking near water yes indeed hey i've got some stuff for the for a first story here um did you see the spiritual machines come to life over this uh, over this sacred weekend here, the album. 
not the, the age of spiritual machines. Well, I'm talking about literal spiritual machines. Uh, this is the praying robot uh, that showed up uh, on a, as an art project. And so what they have is one of these vocalization machines where they have a uh, resonant model of like the the upper airways of a human, and it's basically modeled out of uh, silicone or something else. It, and it, so it looks like a nose and a, and, so, and a tube with lips on it, and it has some actuators that change the the, the shape of it to make human-sounding phonemes. And uh, there's been a number of projects that have used these, and sometimes they have varying degrees of success. But the one thing they all have in common is they are incredibly uncanny. And uh, is they all look creepy as fuck. They and they sound creepy as fuck too. So I have a little clip of this spiritual machine, the praying robot one. I wanted to share with uh, you. Are you ready for it? Are you prepared? I'm as ready as I'll ever be, which is to say I'm not ready at all. But hit me with it. So if the sound of this thing, well, actually, it's kind of crappy. So what I did is they, they put this in basically a flat room, and I thought it would sound better with reverb. So I actually made a second version of the clip that has uh, some reverb effect added into it. So check this out. It's got a little bit of a creepier sound. you should have also done what added in a couple of uh added in a couple of extra tracks of it but uh but slightly shifted so <laughs> the, so the voices sound a little different and then add in the uh reverb effect for the like that i could have vo vocoded it up echo sound vocode the thing up oh man it sounds a little like a bad version of halo if you ask me So if it wasn't bad enough, this thing sounds bad. Like making a, a machine that prays is strictly against uh, the rules in Dune. And now I'm starting to understand why. I don't want to meet this thing in an alley. Thou shalt not. It, dude, it's it's like against the rules of like any major religion. Yeah. Machines do not have spirits unless unless you're in the unless you're in the. 40k universe in which case they do have spirits and it's heresy to suggest that they don't <laughs> we're flying we're flying right into the warp with this thing this is what the warp sounds like <laughs> oh man and we're gonna be driven mad like some by kind of... the emperor uh that's heresy for you yeah and the picture the picture of this thing looks uh... just as bad as it sounds i put it in the notes uh uh, you can check that out. It's basically yeah, lips it, and a nose and some actuators. Well, there should be there should be a vocal cord in there somewhere, but yeah, it's like not even well shaped lips. No, it, it's very very creepy. Sometimes I like what Serpent says: procedurally generated heresy. <laughs> procedurally generated. Yeah, that's a good one. As far as the lips go, you know, with some people, you're not sure. Maybe she's born with it. Maybe it's Maybelline. With this thing, I. I think we're sure about that one. There's no question. Yeah. <laughs> on the on the other hand, um, it do, 
You know what? You know what the mouth actually makes me think of? If you rotated it 90 degrees counterclockwise, the, the shape of the mouth looks like a pocket pussy. I'm not going <laughs> to oh, lie. Just put a little lipstick on that and you're good. Yeah. Oh, God. Jesus. I, you, I could expect to see something like that at Anime Expo. Jeez. Oh, man. The, the length of the nose is surprising. Look how far back that nose goes. You know, there's the front of the nose. That's the part you see. But this one has the unseen nose, which apparently goes uh, six inches into your skull. It kind of actually does. It goes. It goes pretty. It goes pretty damn deep. You've done a rapid test yet? A what? Have you done the Have you done the COVID test where they where they stick the straw up your nose? No, man. I ain't no slave. Yo, it goes back pretty far. <laughs> it goes back pretty fucking far, and and like yeah, that seems realistic to me. Uh. I'd have to I'd have to see it cut open to see if it has like the actual lobes that are on the inside of the nasal cavity as well. But yeah, that that seems to be an appropriate depth. I'm going to uh, just hope I never see what's inside this. I'm afraid of, I know these things about noses. I'm afraid it's going to change me if I find out what's really in there. I won't be the same man. It's... Oh, I've got another... Uh, One thing this is also missing and may have an effect on sound is sinuses as well. Yeah, the frontal uh, sinuses. Yes, indeed. Well, I've got another uh, something hidden internal to something else sort of story. Uh, this was uh, from a Twitter account that posts a bunch of unusual finds on Zillow, and it's called Zillow Gone Wild. Have you heard of this one? Uh-oh. And it has the pictures of weird houses, um, pictures of normal houses with weird things inside it. And so they have just this collection. They're always posting this stuff. But there was one on there that went viral uh, because first the house is kind of tacky, which I mean, there's a lot of tacky stuff on Zillow and no one takes a second look at it. This one had text. there's a lot. There's a lot of tacky houses in general on every uh, on every house selling service, MLS, or realtor listing. This one ha but yeah, is... That's not the problem. That's not the problem with this house from, from what I've read. No, it's so it's 800,000 in Fairfax, Virginia. The home is being sold, quote, cash offers only, no access to see lower level, and home is sold as is only, with acknowledgement that home will convey with a person's that's persons, you know, pl with the parenthetical plural, living in the lower level with no lease in place. More locks. More locks in your home. God. Just don't be an Eloy. They don't, they, they, they only eat Eloy. Yes. Uh, it, it has the better taste that way. Just the idea of having a home where you can't see the bottom level, you're going to buy the thing and you don't know what's down there. It sounds kind of crazy, but then I was thinking about, um, I was in the market for a condo when I was in Maryland and I was thinking about it and that always unsettled me that you end up owning a building that you can't see the inside. It's part of some stupid association and you know, it's your, your neighbor lives in the same building as you and there's no, there's no separation. It's like the wall shared walls, a wall, and there's nothing that can be done about it. You know, it's like. 
when I think of buying a house, I'm looking for the freedom. I want no shared walls. I want a shack in the middle of nowhere where uh, I can shoot people if they come in. And you can't do that with a condo in Maryland. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so those are my priorities. I also said I want a house. I was talking to the real estate agents uh, some years ago, and I was telling her, uh, you know what I want? She was trying to find out what kind of house I want. I said, I want to be able to track drums indoors and not bother anyone. And uh, I think that was a that was my main primary requirement was uh, audio. It needs to have good acoustics in a room. So I guess that's what I look for. If you're trying to sell Abel Kirby a house, that's what you need to be uh, talking about. So apparently, apparently somebody commented who who took a look at the place kind of well called called about it about uh for a client of theirs Mm -hmm. tenant is not a family member she weaseled her way in on the premise of helping the owner i assume this was the case it this happens a lot the tenant has a young kid and no lease so eviction is going to be interesting Tenant also apparently has lots of late-night visitors who come and go, so she's a scam artist, it sounds like. Hmm. And also a whore! <laughs> also a whore. Uh, I'm not, uh... <laughs> Another comment. This this one I like. It contains a demon of the ancient world. A Balrog! Fly, you fools! <laughs> they, they dug to that basement too deep. <laughs> oh, here's another good one. I choose to believe it is a self-domesticated bear. <laughs> Hibernating. Oh, uh, yes, it's just a and long And if you winter. know anything about bears, you know, you know that if they take enough levels in Bard, they can convince everybody else that they are not a bear. <laughs> and now, is that charisma or is that persuasion? Yeah, watch out for those bears with, like... Multiple ranks in perform. Perform, is that it? It's not charisma? Bear lore is serious shit. <laughs> oh, man. Well, charisma, I mean, if you, if you have, uh, if you have, like, if you're taking bard, right, you're going to have high charisma to begin with, because that is, that is your god stat. The bear bard. A bear, a bear, a bear, a bear. So yeah, this was the little Zillow website. There is actually, there is actually a, a page about bear lore. Bear lore? Yes, bear lore. For, for uh, D&D rules? Or is this uh, homebrew D&D rules? Oh, I see it. 1D4 chain. This is, this is the, yeah, this is the slash TG wiki 1D4 chan. Cave bears live in caves. Okay. D- religion check. DC 25. Bear society has no visibly ordained clerics. DC 35. <laughs> Shit, never mind. They do have those. Run! <laughs> oh, this one comes with bee lore also. Great. DC yep. 15. Bees generally live and in high trees. <laughs> I'm just a little black rain cloud hovering under a honey tree. Ah, that's all Winnie the Pooh stuff for you. Yeah, these were uh, good cartoons way back in the day. I think the 40s or 50. No, it must have been the 40s when those came out. You know, Winnie the Pooh and the Honey Tree, Winnie yep. Pooh and the the Blustery Day, um, a day for Eeyore, that kind of stuff. The not not the modern yep. cartoon, the old old one. Those were some good classic. Uh, if I, we had those on VHS, I used to watch those. Winnie the Pooh. I need to find this story again about the uh, about the bear. The bear. That a bear? Where? Yeah, the bear. The bear that uh, that was. Uh, 
I was good enough that everybody thought he was a knight. <laughs> I think I've actually read that one where he just keeps rolling and convinces people that he's not a bear. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes, indeed. That's a D&D. Uh, I wonder if we we should try and do a D&D game sometime. I haven't played in ye- a decade. It's been so long. Uh. Third edition, 3.5 was the last, was the last good one. Five is okay. They did, they did some stuff to bring us grognards back, but honestly, I'd, I'd rather stick with like AD&D second edition or go back to Beckme. Beckme. I've always been a little cold on, um, caring about the rules for D&D and every game that I've been in, uh, whether I had fun or not, depended on how much we cared if any particular rule was enforced and how much we just kind of did whatever we wanted. I'm definitely not a uh, a rules-oriented player. I don't care at all. That's how I rule, baby. Ah, so Sir Barrington was actually a rogue. A rogue, you don't say. Not a bard. Well, speaking of rogues, you had a rogue, uh, rogue issues. Yeah, yeah, and God knows when I'll be getting mine back. So the tow truck took her away, huh? Yeah, I have brought got it towed over to the dealership today, and as, a, as of end of the business day, they still hadn't brought it into the garage to check it out. Yeah, yeah it's hit or miss with yeah. some of those. I've had... So uh, hopefully, hopefully I'll have it back before the end of next month. The end of next month, that's a long damn time for a timing chain? It's just a timing chain, right? Yeah, but to replace those, you actually have to pull the engine out. Mm. Okay. I'm not a mechanic. I wouldn't know. Yeah. I have no comment. There's a part of me that says that can't be true, and then there's a part of me that kind of wants to believe it. It's uh, might be worth looking into. I, I've had some... Well, my car is kind of, you can work on it, so I don't know. Some of the new cars are kind of yeah. difficult. Yeah, the newer the car, the harder it is to do anything with it because they've added computers and all sorts of gadgets and bullshit. <laughs> yeah. I have a uh, spring missing from my car that uh, is, uh, it's the one where you, when you pop the hood open, there's a safety latch, uh, which is, it's mandated that you can't just pull the lever and the hood pops open because then if you pulled it on the highway... Uh, the whole hood would just fly up, right? You 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 can't have a self-destruct lever in, built into your car and, and still pass safety. So there's a two-stage Aww. thing. Yeah, I know. It's a disappointment. You have to pull the, the lever and the hood pops up and it kind of, it's still latched. And then you have to go over and reach a latch underneath um, to take it th- through the second stage up. And the spring that makes that first pop up is missing. <laughs> Uh, because it fell, I, I had an accident a while ago and, and that got fixed, but somewhere in the middle though, the spring came off and I don't know where it is. It's probably on the road somewhere. Maybe it's in, in the, uh, the debris that got swept up and, uh, I don't have it. So now what I have to do is I it's have, hide, a, it's hiding in your engine, waiting for, waiting for the most opportune time to strike and spring out at you. <laughs> what I have is a MIDI cable in my car that uh that i can wrap around the handle that little handle that you pull out and i can hold it open so then i can walk out to the front of the car and pop the hood you know from the front so it's uh it's such a ghetto sort of thing yeah to, you know to have to open uh to open the hood you have to like do six steps and i could fix it but i don't know it's it's uh i kind of like it it's endearing to me so I've got my MIDI cable uh, solution, and uh, I'm good with it for now. We'll see what happens in the winter. Yeah, and, and yeah, like Servo says, of course it's a MIDI cable that you use. Of course it's a MIDI cable. You know, I had to get what I had lying around. 
So what you do is you kind of make a loop with yeah, that. And, and then those, I'm sure you have plenty of them. You pull it tight and you wrap it around the steering column a couple times. You're good to go. You go, go check the oil. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And uh, I've been working on that because I'm going to be on a big trip uh, coming up uh, Friday or Saturday. I'm still not sure exactly what day I'm going to be driving to Kansas City. Go hang out with Sir Spencer. Yeah. And uh, Dame Delorean yeah, and the family, yeah. and uh, we're going to do the Bitcoin block party on uh, April 24th. Isn't that this Sunday. weekend? Yeah, that's uh, this coming Sunday. Yeah. So we're going to have uh, a big banner that Spencer had printed out. I have the Rare Encounter coasters on order, and I'm trying to get them picked up from the shop in time to bring them. So... Um, they are submitted. I told you what the art is. I don't oh, know if you've my seen fingers it. are crossed for you. Yeah, I bought a thousand of them. I've seen the banner. I haven't seen. I haven't seen what you've put on the coasters. Oh, um, I can put it in the show notes if you want to. Uh, then you could see what it is if that helps at all. Because uh, I did coasters. There we go. I got the the art right here, and they wanted it in a particular format. So I'm going to pop it right in my show notes, right on the first two things of the coaster front. We'll pop that in and then the coaster back and then you can react to them uh, uh there we go let me hit refresh and that should be pushed up there if you pop open the the secret backdoor web page that lets you see my show notes so yep, when it when it done when it's done refreshing yeah the first one says rare encounter with able cat able kirby and cold acid it's a normal show logo but it has a qr code and it has uh it says listen to the podcast and i wrote the url on it underneath too so if you don't want to scan it, you can still see the website and everything. And then the backside of the coaster is our, our alt artwork. But instead of uh, the normal text on it, it just says, delete Facebook in the Rare Encounter font. Nice. So the plan is to uh, distribute I, I, these. I was, half expecting, I was ha half expecting on the back, it would be like, feck Tim Bipple. <laughs> feck Tim Bipple. No, no, no. And that's an inside joke for people who read our RSS feed manually. Oh, uh, yes. It's been going since episode one, but we don't have to tell everyone what that is. Um, Sir Spencer had, and DeLorean had their podcast, Bowl After Bowl. They had a new episode uh, on Tuesday, and I stayed up to listen to yep. as much as that, of that as I could. Uh, and they had a little bit on there I thought was pretty good. They have an interview with the guy from Voltage. Cool where uh, Spencer's been going out to these Bitcoin things, and I guess he ran into this, the guy from Voltage.io, and he's talking to him and asking him questions. It's actually pretty interesting. It's a small world. You know, you got to get in while, you're, while these people are still accessible before everything takes off, and they're living in mansions, and they're living in towers in Manhattan. It's hard to get access to them then. So get them in. Get your interviews yeah, in now. Yeah, you got you to gotta get them. You got you to gotta get to know them early on, Back when, back when nobody really knows who they are, and uh, be chummy with them, find out their dark secrets, and then that way, when they're rich and living the high life, you've got enough blackmail material to be set for life. It's kind of like being a gold digger, you know? You want to be, you, like, marry a rich old guy and then take his money when he dies? It's kind of like that, but different. Yeah. But so. in the business world, instead of... <laughs> involving old people sex uh yes uh i 
I don't advise uh, going to Bitcoin meetups and having sex with everyone. I, I think that would be. Uh, no, that would that would be that would probably be a really bad idea. Not to mention disgusting. <laughs> so at the what we will do at the Bitcoin Block Party in Kansas City, Missouri, on April twenty fourth is we're going to have a table with a bunch of stuff for sale and a couple giveaways and freebies. So if you're in the area, come by. We'll have um, some M. Andrew Jones uh, books for sale. He has metal, which I've read. Uh, and that's a fun, it's a it's a very short uh, story uh, in terms of page length, but it's a lot of fun and it explores some, uh, I didn't, I wasn't sure where the book was going for half of it. You know, it's, uh, I don't want to spoil anything, so I won't, but uh, it's a lot of fun. M. Andrew Jones is the first one in my circle who's actually gone out and done this. And uh, he's a cool guy anyway. I get to hang out with him in Colorado a couple times. Um, there'll also be some stickers. I think the stickers are freebies. Uh, if you uh, come by, I think you, you can just get one. Um, if we have the coasters, those will be freebies too. Uh, I'm also planning on dropping them at a, a bunch of different restaurants and bars and just without asking, like just putting them in places and uh, do a little guerrilla marketing that way, see what happens. We also are going to have some audio stuff for sale. I have some rack mount audio processors uh, from my kit, which I end up not using. Um, I just have a bunch of these. There are a couple that I do use for production, but I don't use all of them. And so I'm, I basically set aside the ones that have gotten heavy use. And I have, so I have like the compressor that I use and the reverb and, and uh, vocal processor that I like to use sometimes. And then I have like four other EQs that I just, there's no possible way for me to use, but they're good. And so those will be for sale in Satoshi's. Um, I also have, I think an exciter, uh, which is a fun little, I think that one's going to be marked down because I have a, it's the, the equipment all works, but you know, these aural exciters are a little bit, uh, yeah, you've got, you've got an exciter. It works, but it, it, it's not, it doesn't do the best job. You, you need a bit of Viagra. It sounds like. Yes. Yes. Um, those work in a, an interesting way when I bought it, I didn't know how they worked. And then as soon as I found out, I was kind of discouraged because I thought it was going to be some magic box that's going to make everything sound better. And then I found out that, uh, it just creates phase distortions at high frequencies. And, eh, okay. Sure. That doesn't make things sound better at all. Well, it exploits a property of psychoacoustics where when you're talking about the very high range treble, you know, up in the upper kilohertz range, if you want to make something sound louder or sound like there's more treble there, um, your ears are not, or your, your processing in your mind is not, it doesn't resolve the waveforms as, as um, precisely as in when you're in like the vocal range of, of frequencies. That's where uh, it's easiest to comprehend voices when they're in that range, obviously. Uh, but you also have... Mm, I say a better capability to tell what's what something sounds like, and so at a very high frequency, you can hear that there's a sound, but you, all sounds kind of sound the same. You know, if you put a bunch of noise, if you put some power up at 16 kilohertz, it sounds like 16 kilohertz. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so it exploits that by saying, "Hey, if we want to make it sound like there's more treble, there's more high end stuff, and more exciting, all we can do is we take the signal you already have, and then we'll." mix it up and create just a blob of power up there and it's actually garbage there's no it's not really sound data we're not adding more information we're just adding power up there except without an eq so it's i don't know it's like a trick and i like it a little bit but it doesn't sound right for anything i do so 
I just put it on the side. It's a blob of power serpent. That is a technical term uh, that we use in uh, DSP engineering. So <laughs> people don't know this, but uh, jargon for signal processing can get uh, kind of wonky. Weird. We have some uh, funny ways of describing things. Blob of power is a perfectly how about the other. Way. How about the other podcasts going on? Uh, Ablecraft, we're going to do live. Um, and the, uh, I think it's going to be Saturday or it might be Sunday night. So you're going to be in Kansas City on Friday then, huh? I might be there on Friday or I might be there on Saturday. I'm not sure. Yeah, and Ablecraft's been delayed depends a lot. Depends on how tired you are after work, I guess. No, it depends on if I can get the damn coasters the first day or not. They're in a print ah. shop. I'm waiting for the pickup time. And I'm checking my email all day because I'm got. i hoping I'm picking them up tomorrow. You know what I mean? But, yeah. Have you called them? Uh, I've been in contact with them, yes. Not but by email, though. Okay. Um, other podcasts going down. There's a bunch of other stuff. So that was Bowl After Bowl with episode 153, Mugger Sucky Rattler. The uh, yep. Hog Stories had a... Actually, I missed the last two episodes. Episodes. So tell me about them. All right. So uh, they had episode 283, which is their most recent, and I haven't listened to that, but I want to talk about 282 uh, because it was called Belgian Triple, and they had Sir Seat Sitter on as a guest. And the topic was triangles versus circles, which I'm told was inspired by our discussion of um, meshing and light simulation. Ah. So, so they, uh, I'm definitely going to have to put that on then to listen as well. It is a fantastic episode, by the way, and a lot of different takes on whether you'd rather have a triangle or a circle. Uh, and just real quick, what's your opinion on this? I have the correct one, but I'll, I'll let you go first. Hmm. You have the correct one. I huh? do. Yeah. What about what about a triangle within a no the other way around? A circle within a triangle. Oh, now you're going full Inception. You don't want to go shape Inception. You got to pick. It's got to be circles or triangles. What is the more primary? What well, is the better think, shape? Think about I know the more perfect shape is a circle. Yes. A perfect circle. Yes. That is the correct answer. And to support, uh, I'm not even going to make my argument. I'm going to let Aristotle make my argument. Um, because in his uh, ancient writings, of course, <laughs> Aristotle, the ancient guy, um, had a lot of discussions about geometry. And I happened to have, not right before the episode, but earlier on, I, uh, I remember his discussions on, well, what about infinite shapes and the nature of the universe? He had some very good, uh, very good discussions inside his books. I found them narrated on LibriVox. So they actually had some free recordings of a guy reading the writings of Aristotle translated into English. And I went and I found the clip where he's talking about circles. Please tell me, please tell me that it, that it's read. Is it, is it in a Greek accent? No, it's read by some guy. So you're going to have to pretend oh. you're going to have to. Okay. If you listen to the um, Marie Curie book, I think they, it's either a Scandinavian woman or a, uh, a French woman. I cannot tell. Because I'm bad at accents, but they have an accented reading of her book, and it's very interesting. But this is Aristotle, and he's going to discuss um, cool. shapes. This is a short clip. Here we go. If, then, the complete is prior to the incomplete, it follows on this ground also that the circle is primary among figures. 
For the division into surfaces is not just dividing a whole by cutting it into its parts, but division of another fashion into parts different in form. It is clear, then, that the sphere is first of solid figures. If, again, one orders figures according to their numbers, it is most natural to arrange them in this way. The circle corresponds to the number one, the triangle being the sum of two right angles to the number two. Thank you. Game, set, and match. <laughs> and it does sound like Squidward's or... Yeah, um... <laughs> The ancient, ancient knowledge. also sounds like a machine. <laughs> it does not sound like a human was reading any of that. Let's, uh, I've got another clip of him. Let's listen. This is from a LibriVox Ooh. recording. <laughs> no. So there you go. Fact check false. Ancient natural philosophy has placed the circle as more primary and first in order as number one. Uh, in uh, in shapes, well, how, and triangles only I number mean, how two. How many how many vertices does a does a sphere have? Uh, it doesn't have any. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed, it has four pi stradians, but no vertices. Mm-hmm. Oh man, unit solid angle, boy. I love me some solid angle. That's what I want in the morning. I want to wake up and have a big solid angle on my plate. I wake up most mornings with a uh, with a big solid angle. <laughs> and rare encounter continues its decline. <laughs> oh, God. Hey, ladies, I'm available. <laughs> yes, he's available for parties and uh, and uh, nightclubs. <laughs> oh man, uh, Angry Tech News had their had uh, Ryan Bemrose's. Uh, episode number 30, Cluster Unthinkable, uh, which is a another excellent episode of Angry Tech News. It continues to be one of my favorite and probably the more one of the most informative of the podcast. It's it's funny, but it's uh, also he only talks about stuff that's actually relevant uh, if you're a programmer or you're into software security. So I enjoy that. I also en enjoy that he basically covers some of the material I used to get from security now, except without Gibson going on and on and on for two hours to get it out. So uh, I appreciate that part of it. Um, he Thanks, had a, Sir Bemrose. Yeah, thank you, Sir Bemrose. Glad to plug it on the show every Wednesday when we release. Uh, Angry Tech News, I believe, is released on Tuesdays, but that's Aristotle that, still that's working the on the rumor. proof. Aristotle's working on the proof for that. Um Behind the Schemes had their episode 93, Boost Cherry. And they had a couple of... I don't want to... I was going to write talk about the manifesto, but it's too... Nah, I don't want to talk about that. It's too uh, too real. So listen to Behind the Schemes, and you can hear a wacko manifesto by a guy who killed another guy. And then uh, wrote all his, his thoughts down. And you can hear it read by Boobery, Mothman of the Mini Apocalypse. So. Also the Black Knight now. Uh, but yeah. they they had a story on there uh and i was listening to this today about talking mushrooms the talking um mushrooms. didn't i mention something last week about a talking mushroom didn't we i, I feel like this yeah. thing has been going around it reminded me of a, a completely different story though and i might play it after the show if you stay on the stream i i'm not gonna play it on the podcast but there was a um there was a radio play 
I guess it's really a podcast. I don't know. It's a it's a narrative that there's a guy reading, you know, uh, written by Soren Narnia, who I've I've been a fan of, and he's done a lot of um, just free open podcasting stuff where he he puts all his writings out as audiobooks or as podcasts. And he did one that I loved, which was Knife Point Horror, which is still going on to this day, but it's been going on for over a decade now. And he had a story that uh, reminded me, I was reminded of by these talking mushrooms because it was about a, a particular fungus in Idaho and uh, the fallout from that. It's a, it's a great horror story uh, about uh, some spooky stuff happening. So I think I want to put that on after Rare Encounter and we'll just uh, listen to that at the end. It's, it's not too long. I think it's about 20 minutes. So that'll be the normal length of the play out. Uh, that'll be on the Rare Encounter stream. So look forward to that. But that was uh, uh, Soren Narnia. I've just always liked that guy. Um, I know you you haven't listened to him be, because I tried to get you to listen to one of his things and you said you didn't like it. So, oh, well, that's OK. Yeah. It's uh, that's all fine. We can have different tastes. <laughs> yep. It makes things it makes things all the more interesting when we do. So tell me about your taste. What do you have? What are you tasting? I'm I'm tasting history, man. All right. What kind of history? Uh, hominin history. Okay. Yeah. Apparently, apparently, despite 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 what we believe, we may not be the only the only uh, species within our genus still inhabiting the Earth. Really? Yeah. Uh, some people believe. Including apparently the author of this piece that I saw on thescientist.com, that the Hobbit may still exist wandering through the rainforests of Flores Island in Indonesia. Oh, is this like the Florentine man? Uh, Homo floresiensis. Yeah. Yeah, the, the Hobbit. The, the, li Hobbit. the little people in the jungle. Really? So what do they have? Uh, are they just believing this or has someone gone out and went out to beat the bushes and see what runs out? Apparently, apparently a tribe of people who live on Flores Island claim that there is a human like but not human animal that lives there on the island with them and hides in the forests. Really? And it's believed. It's believed by this guy that it could be, it could be Homo floresiensis, and that it's there, and we just haven't caught a living one yet. Hmm. What's uh? Is this belief? Interesting. Is it based off from anything, or they just believe it? You know, are they doing this for clicks? Are they doing this for likes on YouTube, or like what's going on? What's the real story? Do they have some evidence? Well, this guy is the author of a book called Between Ape and Human that that documents his uh, journey to try and discover if the if the Flores Islanders have actually seen Homo floresiensis and if it does still live to this very day. So does Homo floresiensis, what kind of feet would you say? Would you say that it has big feet or small feet? I wouldn't know. I haven't seen one myself. It sounds like uh, the thing I know about it would, was that it was supposed to be a small humanoid. Uh, and so I would yes, imagine less small than four, feet. Less than, like something like less than four feet tall or something. 
And, but yeah, apparently, apparently this guy, he's actually gone out there and talked with, and talked with the, the Leo people who live on floors and seems to believe that it's quite possible that Homo floresiensis is still a surviving hominin or that it's only gone extinct in the last hundred years or so. And says that we should be incorporating indigenous knowledge into our scientific studies to see if, or to see, like, these things from their mythologies and stuff may have, like, real-world connections. Hmm. Now, another thing, this guy, I mean, I'm making him sound like a kook, but he spent more than three decades as an anthropology professor at University of Alberta. So it's not, it's not like he's some nutter pulling this all out of his ass. I'm just not sure that Homo floresiensis is actually still around or not. Uh, on the other hand, I mean, lack of evidence isn't evidence of lack, right? Right. The so-called devil's proof, if I'm not mistaken. And so... For all we know, we may not be the only homos on Earth. We are not the only homos on Earth. That might be the opening of the show. <laughs> Homo erectus. Wow, I, I kind of I stepped in it there, didn't I? Yes, indeed. Well, there's always been some, some interesting uh, local beliefs that are either contradictory to what people who live very far away seem to think goes on in their little neck of the, uh, of the, this big blue bitch we all live on. And, you know, I, I think I'm completely okay with taking some of it a little more seriously. There's a lot that Thank you can you. learn from songs and stories that gets disregarded. Uh, most of what and I know. More importantly, it makes life a lot more interesting that way. Yes. Most of what I know about the uh, the Florentine Man, I think is how it's called, is there was a Greg Bear book, uh, which was fiction, <laughs> and it was set in the Halo universe, and uh, one of the characters was was a uh, one of these characters. Yes, um, that series that he did, uh, Silentium was one of the books, I believe. Yep. Um, yeah, because I, re I read those too, and it was, uh, it was like there was a Hobbit, and there was a... Another there was early an human. sapiens, and they met and dealt with the didact. Yep. Or the didact, yeah. I think, is uh, what the... Didact, yeah. I remember reading those. Those were fantastic books, by the way, especially they for were, Halo but books. They were, but that was about the point where 343 took over, and the, and, like, the whole storyline jumped the shark and then started going stupid. Wow, yeah. I, I really liked them because that was when Halo 4 came out. They just took the story because I had read the books and then I played Halo 4 after that. And I remember reading reviews for Halo 4 where people were like, I can't understand what's going on. Who's the didact? What's the what's the deal? Right. And it, oh, yeah. I'm looking at these guys like, oh, you fucking casuals. Read the damn book. Damn straight. And yeah, that's what that's what it is. I mean, I mean, the frat boys don't realize that even even before Halo 4 was planned, Halo had already become like a multimedia property. It wasn't just the games. Uh, by the time Halo 3 was out, even there were there was comic books. There there was like a comic book miniseries 
that did lead up to Halo 3 and ODST. I have those comics, by the way, huh. in in plastic and everything. Um, and yeah, there was a whole bunch of books, like uh, the one where the one where found out what happened on Harvest for first contact with the Covenant and everything. And yeah, if you're just playing the games, you miss out on a lot. That was the Eric uh, Nylon books? The first ones that came out, I think. I read a couple of those. Yeah, Eric Nyland wrote a bunch of them. Yeah. There were I, a couple other authors, too, if I'm not mistaken. Um, who's but the Nyland is the was the big name for the Halo books early on. Did Michael Stackpole do one, too? I need to find out, because I feel like he did. Uh, did he ever do a Halo so. book? Of course, Michael Stackpole wrote all the Rogue Squadron books. That's what he's... Or he wrote uh, the good Rogue Squadron books. Yeah. For uh, for Star Wars, no, I don't see it. <laughs> I don't see. Do it, the other books actually exist? He he did not write all the Rose Gardner books. I don't think. Now you're no, making me you look it up. What I was getting at is is like <laughs> it's like we write off any bad any bad oh, books. Yeah, well, they're not canon anymore, uh, according to Disney. Well, e yeah, even the good stuff isn't canon anymore. Fucking Disney. That's terrible. Yeah, Greg Bear is a good author, says Cotton Gin. I agree with that. His original stuff is great, too. Um, has Scalzi written any Halo books? Ask the chat. No, thank God. Yeah, he's kind of fell off. I dropped the Interdependency Trilogy. I just can't read it. It's too commie for me. It's, like, too uh, too stupid. Pretty much everything he's written is too commie. Even... Even the funny stuff that he was well known for early on turns out to be a lot of pinko indoctrination. Yeah. I liked, oh, so Old Man's War was good. Ghost Brigades, I thought, was, was excellent. And then somewhere after The Last Colony is when it kind of fell off for me. Um, the only other one I really liked was The Android's Dream, <laughs> which was a completely different, unrelated book that was just fun to read. Oh, well, so it goes. So I got some more space stuff to talk about. Space going from going from Halo. Well, I I got a yeah. space thing. Are you talking about mine? Or you apparently got apparently something something exploded. Hold on, something exploded in space over Earth in 2014, and we didn't know about it until just recently because Space Command kept all the information about it classified. Hmm. So is it un is it unclassified now? Do we know yeah. what happened? Or we just know something exploded. Yes, it's unclassified now. But yes, a f something exploded over Papua New Guinea. A, apparently a fast-moving object from another star system. What? Yeah. Interesting. And how yeah, do we... So, here's the question I want to ask. There was, a study, there was a study that was done after, after the information was declassified and published in 2019 in Arxiv that claimed that based on the speed and trajectory that this object had originated with 99% certainty from outside the solar system. Hmm. And so how did it explode? Is there a theory for that yet? Probably, probably because it hit the atmosphere. It just puffed into dust burning dust yeah that happens that happens it, 
Yeah, they they break up and go boom. Okay. It wouldn't be the first. But anyways, here here's the thing. The uh the article was not able was not able to was able to be published or peer reviewed because the the data that was needed to verify calculations made in it was classified by the US government. Mm. Uh, puts a damper on things. And then they only just uh, they only just released uh, they only just released that data uh, earlier earlier this year, like last month or this month, which allow which allowed the study to be confirmed. Hmm. Well, this is something I'd like to look yeah. into. It's, Space rocks. It's going to be in the show notes, right? Uh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I've got some science in stuff. Fact, I will I will put the link into our chat room. So you can take a look at that. Live science. First interstellar object detected. Da, 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 da. Okay, we got a fake uh, artist Yeah, rendering. you have some space stuff too, but I think I need to play something first. Yeah. Hit me. For it. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, hit me. But we need a few good taters. It's potato news on rare encounter potatoes right we got yeah, two. so apparently you pulled something up that about potatoes in space yes we have the mars potato uh photograph in the show notes today uh, this is uh an eclipse from photographed from the surface of mars by uh one of the rovers perseverance and it was photographed way at the beginning of the month it was an april 2nd so i guess it's old news by now but uh i came across my desk and i thought it looked interesting it's a picture of well it's a i don't know what you technically call it i think they call it a new moon because the it, but it's technically a lunar eclipse uh, it's the terminology is a little messed up because there's multiple moons moon. on Mars. So the moon is on the New wrong moon side is to reflect. When there's no light reflecting off of it, right? Yeah. It, so that's true, and it's also eclipsing the sun, and so that's also true. So it's a, uh, interesting. That I don't know what the right taxonomy for this is, but either way, uh, which moon was it? Was it a uh, demo? Phobos. Um, it was Phobos. Phobos is the innermost and larger of Mars's two moons. Uh, according to my notes, I didn't remember that myself. I actually, uh, that's the kind of trivia I don't usually know. And they had a crossing across the sun and they turned the camera on the rover up to go see it happen. And so you can see the potato-shaped moon of Mars, one of the potato-shaped moons of Mars, um, occluding part of the sun. And it makes it kind of look like, uh, you know, it kind of looks like a tire in perspective. If you want to be uh, stylish about it, it looks like a big orange tire. Yeah. Now you know. You know what? You know what though? Despite it, despite it being the innermost moon, it's the one you actually start out in, and you end up going from Phobos to Deimos and then to Mars in Doom. Oh, that's so right. Out and then in. Yeah, because the la the last level of uh, knee deep in the dead is Phobos anomaly, right? Yeah. Well, you know they're not uh, based on the orbits. It could make sense to do that. Maybe it, you'd have to track those. What date did Doom occur in? 
What? What? Uh, I don't think we were ever given an an actual like date or year. It's in the future, obviously. So the the deep lore in Doom is uh, leave something to be desired. I think it's about shoot demon and uh, you go to hell and kill Satan. Yep, I think is the main thing, and there's not much beyond that. So Doom guy, does there even need to be much beyond that? Doom guy don't need any reason. He just wants to go kill demons. Damn right. <laughs> there are demons in this base. John Stavern waited. The lights above him flickered. No, out. John, you are the. De- oh, you're gonna. Yeah, do. I'm do doing it from memory. A, uh, do us a reading of the whole thing. <laughs> I'm not reading it. I'm just. I have it memorized. <laughs> no, that's all I could give you. Uh, of course, that was Doom: Repercussions of Evil, <laughs> the famous fan fiction. And we've already done that on the show. We've read that on the show before. We also read the Harry Potter one, which I think. Uh, did I ever? Did we I did. ever read my uh, my dwarf fortress one? <laughs> That sounds like something we would do on Rare Encounter, but I don't think we've done it yet. Cold Acid. Are you going to read your Dwarf hmm, Fortress fan fiction? Can, let me see if I can find it. Oh, boy. While you're doing that, I'm going to tell... Let me see if I can find it. While you're doing that, I'm going to tell everyone about the other... So the first potato news was about a space potato. Uh, and the second potato news is also potato adjacent, more than potato itself, is oh, sent to us by AJ on uh, No Agenda Social, who also sent us last week, because I forgot to credit uh, AJ for that. This is another potato disaster. This is the Gem State Processing uh, Plant in Idaho had a plane crash into it. So this is a food processing plant. It processes potatoes, and it looks like a small aviation craft. Uh, well, it crashed into the potato plant. It kind of looks like the... Uh, Looks like the potato factory uh, was just it's fine and the airplane's fucked up. I can't tell what it is. It's got like one wheel sticking yeah. up in the air. <laughs> it's like, it looks like a bird after it hits, gets hit well, by one of those baseballs. Well, the Cessna, you know? didn't it? The, uh, it looks like, you know, when you see a, at a baseball game when a bird flies in front of the pitch, it kind of looks like that. Uh, and so the Idaho state statesman's yeah. article is uh, linked. Uh, unfortunately, it sounds like the pilot was killed, so... Uh, uh, unfortunate there's a tragedy now but this is a series that we've been doing on rare encounter kind of unintentionally over the last month where it seems like every week disaster is happening at a potato factory if it's not planes crashing into it they're burning down or blowing up or almost blowing up so i don't know this is we, we will continue to track the uh potato danger well, we should have it a potato alert level for the show. You know, we could be a potato alert level orange now. There's potato danger. Yeah. All right, you got your dwarves? No, I can't find it. Ah, what well. I did find is character concepts for or a VN that would be based around uh, girls with problems that I call damaged goods. That we're not doing another one. No, nope, not gonna happen. We did one. No, we did one. No, no way year, in hell we're doing another maybe one. Maybe next year, uh, but no. Yeah. <laughs> That's enough fun. Yeah, Thank maybe you. next year we can bring up this idea and do it do another travesty to the art form known as the visual novel. Well, I, I had... also found something else. I came up with ideas for for taking quirks and turning them into uh, and turning them into Moab blobs. God. And so, is there a color charge mechanic, or are they just up and down? Are there gluons? Can you spray gluons? Uh, I all have over? all six of them here. Are there gluons involved? 
Oh, you know, you know that, you know that somebody's going to be, uh, somebody's going to be hot glue on gunning them. Hot glue on. Yes. Are those real? No, they're glue ons. Yeah. So <laughs> you want me to read these out? As long as it's not too long. And as long as it's funny, if it's funny, then you it can won't do it. Be. it. It won't be funny. Okay. Up to, it, it'll be funny, but it will require a little bit of uh, domain knowledge of Kadwa Shoujo and Azumanga Dayo. Okay, I'm good for that. That's good enough for me. All right, so Upchan, cute little Genki girl. She is the Emmy of the Corktans. Downchan, sad lolly moe. Like Upchan, she is small and adorable, but she is silent and withdrawn. Charmchan, fashionable girl of the early high school variety. Perhaps a bit of an Ojo-sama type? Strange-chan, odd but cute girl, kind of like Osaka but with more chest, around the same age as Charm-chan. Top-chan, older high school or early college, dresses stylishly and is always in charge. She is Seme to bottom-chan's uke, and I I hate myself for now for actually having used those terms when I wrote this out. You it are was, lucky. I was about it, to call you out. <laughs> it was 2010, okay? And, and I'm still I'm still going to like beat myself senseless for this. Finally, bottom Chan, around the same age as top Chan, but always look looking up admiringly to her dear lover lover. Oh God. Bottom Chan's the heaviest, right? I'm just saying. Yes. <laughs> Ironically. <laughs> I went right. with the top and bottom thing. and then then I also suggested that there would be there would be anti-quark equivalents that were male <laughs> and you can already hear the yaoi fangirls squealing about top gun and bottom gun this is like some guys bored in chemistry class and tries to figure out which elements are going to date each other i mean this is the level that this is on and it's not a good look <laughs> it is it <laughs> selenium. is oh my god oh you know selenium i saw her with helium yesterday <laughs> Oh, God. Oh, my God. What a slut. What a slut. Oh, germanium. Don't want, don't, don't look at germanium if it looks at you. <laughs> Just stay away from germanium, man. You don't want that. Rubidium, <laughs> that's right out. <laughs> I heard rubidium got arrested. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Are we rubidium done? Rubidium got arrested for drugs. Got arrested for drugs, man. <laughs> yeah, I think we're, I think we're done with that. All right. You know uh, with this, uh, with this, like spin off into things we should have never gotten to. All right. Uh do you want to There is some other there are some other interesting things I want to I want to bring up before we before we end for the day. A boostograms have to fit into. Yeah, we got to do that too. Yep. Um I found I came across an article about uh -huh. somebody who bought a cruise ship on Craigslist. <laughs> uh what's the definition of a cruise ship again? Just so we're clear. It is a ship that boards a bunch of tourists on it. Okay. And brings them places and eventually brings them back to where they started. Okay. So a whale watch is a cruise ship. Now I'm just, okay. You I, can consider. I'm going to go into semantics. Well, if, if you're you let sleeping me. overnight on the ship, it could be, yes. It depends on which but whales yeah, you're watching. This guy bought a, bought a small, a small pocket cruise ship that had been built in Germany and had been had been flown by or used by a few different companies. Apparently, it was built in '55. 
the first significant passenger liner built by Germany after World War II. And this dude, he he bought it and he's restoring it now. And he's been living on it for for years as well. He wants to turn it into a museum. Interesting. Yeah. So it was it was interesting reading this. I mean, there are there are like worse fixer uppers out there if you if you've watched uh, like HGTV, right? But yeah. uh, it's uh, it's still a hell of a job. I mean, this thing's this thing's like almost seventy years old now, and it is it was not in the best of shape when uh, when he bought it. And so much of it still needs to be refurbished. Jeez. Yeah. I'm looking at some of these prices. I'm going to try and see what kind of cruise can I get on for a couple hundred bucks. And it looks like, uh, uh, I don't yeah, know if these are per night. a hundred bucks, you know? they'll stick you in steerage and you'll get to eat porridge. Yeah. For it's... three meals a day. I don't think there's a lot of people going on cruise ships. They have a bad rap as first floating porta potties and then floating quarantine centers. So, you know. Yeah. I don't think the business the, is booming. I would not want to be an investor in uh, in a cruise line right now, that's for sure. What about a podcaster cruise? Hey, if somebody organizes one, that could be terrible. It could be terrible. Yes. That's uh that's a good way to put it. Yeah, let's do uh let's do boostograms. Let's get the hell out of here. Yeah, let's before before we before we get things any worse, right? Yes. Hold on, did we only get uh, did we only get two during the show? I'm counting. That's no Gouda. Uh, well, there were some be right before the show, so I see four on my list. I only see I only see two from today. Okay, um, I see four. So let me read them. I I'm, first. I'm giving Helipad a re. Uh, I'm, yeah. I'm giving. Yeah, I still only see two. Uh, okay, I'll start uh, reading these off then. So first, I see eight. 8888 sats from Carolyn, and she boosted the Rare Encounter 94 live tag a little before we started, so she might have been under the, due to technical difficulties, she might have been at the top, and I think she's going to take our executive producer uh, credit, because uh, she's the top booster today, and she did boost the live item, so it was after you changed it. Uh, so thanks, Carolyn, and she has a message for us, and she says, break a leg, do it live, super lucky, 8888, you better be streaming sats, is what she says. I'm sure she said it in just that voice. And no, I didn't get that one. I was wondering why... I did get one from her of 11.11 sats. Yeah, that came in right after. Read that one. Yeah. You can't play Hungry Hungry Hippos in a in black light with a yellow ball. <laughs> no. No, you can't. That was uh, another one from Carolyn. So her uh, top... I think that brings her to all nines. All Carolyn, nines, yeah. Carolyn, you are all nines today. Niner, 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 niner. Niner, I hardly know her. All right, we got and then a thousand sats from Anonymous via CurioCaster. Mm -hmm. And uh, so thank you, whoever that is. There's no name attached to it. And then we also got another thousand sats from uh, CurioCaster with no name attached. So thank you, uh, both of you or the same person. It depends on if you're, maybe it's one guy with a split personality. Who knows? The the only way to show up at the end of the show is to boost us during the show, so make sure you get those in next time. And if you want to be at the front of the show, I I normally say you have to boost before the show, but I think Carolyn did that and she got gypped. So uh, we're sorry about that, uh, and we'll I'll I'll bring it to Cold's attention if he doesn't see that next time. Uh, if I see something and he doesn't, yeah, so um, I'll spank my node. I didn't realize that was a uh, 
a mistake and not a conscious decision. For I thought maybe you printed out the list or something. But that does it for all of our helipad stuff today. Those are – Carolyn's our executive producer. Is that the phrase we use now? And uh, – That is. Yep. She's our executive producer. I'm going through my – the stuff that could have been. We didn't hit anime. That's fine. That can be pushed forward. And uh, – Oh, we had everything yeah. can be pushed forward. Yeah, we got a couple of things we didn't get We're through. Easy. Well, we'll get to it next time. Next time, I'll be back from Kansas City. Uh, I'll be here to talk to you about all this other stuff. Until then, I've been Abel Kirby. I've been Cold Acid. Stay fruity, boys. Adios. Would you lay down, honey, and die? Or had a good woman? Would you lay down and die? Don't you know everybody tell me she wasn't satisfied?